That's a giveaway back. We need it. A Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Keeper Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Keeper Tested. Here he is, Chris Keeper. Welcome in, everybody. How's it going? To the one and only RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. Guess what? RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides. That's right. Side-by-sides. ATVs, street bikes, dual sports, whatever you got. You can go to Kiefer Inc. Testing. Dot com right now. Click on the RMATVMC banner. Then I'll take you back over to the site and then you just continue to live your life. Can do your just spend all the money you want, and that gives us a slice of what you guys are purchasing. It helps us out. It feeds my family. It pays my light bills. It does a lot of things, trust me. So thank you for the people that actually do it and uh, follow uh, what we do over here because uh, we try our hardest over here and we're, we have an open door policy as you guys know and that door is via email chris at keyforinktesting.com ask me anything family dirt bikes after dark children questions you got children like I do sitting to the right of me I know it's a headache at times Let, let's talk about it it's an it's a open door policy over here at Kiefer Inc. Testing and we are happy to help you guys FXR Racing, use the code KKMX35 at their site. Save 35%. If you are a lady and you want more than 35%, I have a code for you. Simply email me, and I will get you that code. And that subject line, you just put, I am a lady, and I would love a code. And then prove to me that you are a woman uh, via, like, a picture of you riding. That would be great because I know you sneaky bastards out there will try to send photos of your ladies riding. But the code is for you, and I know that you guys are doing that, so do not do that. I'm on to you. So, ladies, I got you. We got you. Just simply email me, and we'll get you a better code than the dudes out there. And Racetech, Racetech.com. They're having seminars out here in Racetech in California and Corona, November 5th through 11th, uh, November 12th and 13th. On the 5th and 11th is the suspension seminars, and the 12th and the 13th are engine seminars. So if you guys want to learn more about what Racetech does, and maybe you can do some of your own work at home, God knows I need to do that. Uh, maybe go to the Race Tech Seminars. They are out here in Corona, California. And um, I got a couple guys that have done that, and they love it. Uh, they've learned a lot. So if you guys are interested, you can hit me up, and I'll get you the schedule. And as if you guys want to get better suspension, gold valves, and a better engine, Andrew over there knows ECUs. He knows engines. Racetech.com. Use the word Kiefer to save some money and uh, get to the track or the desert or the trail or the woods, whatever you guys are doing, and uh, live your life happier with Race Tech. Thanks to all of our 2022 sponsors that we have lined up, Power Motorsports, Works Connection, Ride Engineering, Pro Taper, 6D, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Dunlop Motorsports, Plum Creek Funding, Blood Lubricants, Decal Works, Lit Pro, FastCo, and you guys are over 40 years old and you want to go do some racing, September 17 and 18. In Boise, Idaho, the Idaho Old Timers is putting on a race, 18 plus 1, 17 plus 1. Anyway, it's almost 20-minute motos, and for an old guy, that's really cool. 
Um, you put a lot of time on the track. It's worth the money. So you can check all the schedule out over at oldtimersmx.com. And uh, we're wrapping up the year over here. So I think the Idaho Old Timers is one of the last races of the year. So if you guys are up there in Ohi, O-W-Y-H-E-E, anybody from Idaho know how to say that, hit me up because I need to learn it. Ohi, Ohi, something like that. Boise, Idaho, Idaho Old Timers. Check them out. Aiden Kiefer. What's up, guys? You've been uh, busy with me in these shows lately. We've been, we've been knocking these out left and right. It's a busy time over here at Kiefer Ink Testing. You think it would get uh, mellower, but it's not. Got bike tests, racing. Uh, well, at least nationals just ended, so no oh. more no more daytime program for a while. That is nice. I don't have to type on Saturday evenings or Sundays. Yep. So, But so, that replaces with riding. It's mellowing down, but at the same time, it's ramping back up again. Yeah. It's, it's a little half and half now. The The racing... Typing is mellowed out, but the typing for testing has not. Yep, and then I'm starting racing more, so there's racing coming up. Can't wait. Actually, actually, I take that back. There's only one race coming up. And what is that? Thanksgiving, MX. You could go to Ponca. I could, but... When is that? Uh, It's like the first weekend of October, but when you is will... October 6th through something? But you will not be home because... I, yeah, don't say yeah, that. Yeah, you will not be home. Yep, don't let that out. No. <laughs> I will be gone. But Aiden almost just screwed me, so we can't uh, talk I know, about it. I know it. better than that. Uh, it, remember, know. anything within this family that I say it's embargoed, Yeah, it's embargoed. Yeah. You know who really sucks at that? Jackson. Steve Mathis. <laughs> like, I, I don't tell him anything anymore because it's... He just blows it out He'll blow it out on the show and he'll be like, oh, you didn't tell me this. I'm like, I, I thought you knew. So I never assume with Steve. Yeah. So I'm glad you didn't blow me I out. I know better. This podcast is all about the 2023 Kawasaki KX250, which we rode at the oldest track in Southern California, Paris Raceway. I was racing Paris whew, when I was 12 years old. Paris is really old. So the track, track used to go, you know where the vet track is? Yeah. We used to go all the way back there in Grand Prix and ride by the rocks. Oh, there were Grand Prix there? Yeah, it was sick. Oh, wow. Back in the CRC days, if you guys in Southern California know, the CRC was a, a weekly race organization was badass they had friday night racing at lacr saturday at lacr and then sunday they would have race they would go between lacr paris glen helen star west they used to go all over the place so it was really cool now we're lucky if we get a race every week yeah i don't get why we can't have any more like local races at least i don't know well we have local racing at glen helen rem which is not rem anymore it's just saturday at the glen that yeah that's like the only um Swap Moto has a lot of races. Yeah, but that's like every two weeks. Or we used to have three. CMC, uh, CRC, GFI. Dude, you'd have to pick which series you want. There were so many races, you have to pick which one you want to go. What was to. the biggest so one? So Golden State, that was the series. That, yeah, that was the yeah. CMC Golden State was in January, right? That was the first gnarly winter series of the year, which everyone showed up to. Or you went to GFI winter series. They both paid contingency. So it was literally split. There'd be like twenty pros and twenty pros on the other side of it. So you'd have to pick which one you go to. So, or if you were a Suzuki rider back then, you would just go do both, and you just make bank. Suzuki riders made bank. But you could literally ride a Suzuki all year and pay for two more Suzukis the following year out of your contingency. Ben man, yeah. So man's told me so. Aiden trains with Buddy Antonez, and I don't fully think you know how badass that dude was. 
I, heard I don't think you do. He told us a couple stories. He Why said, don't you Google or find videos of Buddy Antonis? Now, I mean, and you're never going to find much about him in his 80 career, but he was probably one of the baddest dudes on an ADCC motorcycle. We have to do that tonight. Gnarly, dude. R&D Suzuki. He was on an R&D Suzuki. You know what R&D was? Uh, Rudy R&D. and Dean. Okay. Dean Dickinson. Sounds familiar. So Dean does a lot of stuff with Doug and your homie. Dakota. Dakota. He makes that throttle body. Okay. So very, very smart when it came to eight to 80s back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the World Mini Grand Prix, which was in Vegas, which was cool because at the World Mini... Not, I know this is not to show people, but I'm trying to I'm trying to make my kids smarter here in the sport. Uh, the World Mini Grand Prix had a Kawasaki race of champions, and it didn't matter if you were a Honda kid, Suzuki kid, Yamaha kid. There was 20 KX80s out there, and any kid that did top, I, I forget. Ten? There was two different classes, and if you scored top ten in each class, those kids went directly to the Kawasaki Race of Champions for two motos, and everyone rode stock KX80s. That'd be so sick. Why can't we have that nowadays? It's weird to think about now, right? Yeah. Like, like you have, have a Suzuki contract? Well, you're hopping on a KX80, and you're going to go race. And if you won the Kawasaki Race of Champions, you were the baddest, baddest dude. dude. And Buddy Antonez was the baddest dude. Yeah. There's a lot of bad dudes. Dude, why can't we have that nowadays? Like, there's no... The world is different now, Aiden. <laughs> There's not a lot of fun races like or locally anymore. There, the world has changed. So much things changed. Yeah, like Paris. It's said, not all for the better. Paris said they like the new owners said they were gonna do like bring back like hot summer nights, but for Paris. And I've, I, I think I hope this rumor is is not true. But I heard Paris is gonna shut down. Why? It's a rumor. I don't know if it's true. I, I might be stirring the pot some, but. I wouldn't see the new owners shutting it down already. They haven't even been open a full year yet. Well, they have a four-year contract, so I don't see why that would be true, too. So yes. hopefully it's not. Yeah, I feel like Tevin would say something if that was true. I don't think they would say anything. No? No. Mm. Remember when uh, State Fair went away and they didn't, and up, they'd light up until the last day? Yeah, <laughs> that is true. We're not going anywhere. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Next day, okay, we're shut down. And But uh, the workers the workers even knew that. And well, that's what I'm saying. They even tell the workers. But they weren't even blowing it out on their social. Like, what? if I'm a track owner and I know that this is my last week, I'd be blowing it out so I have a shit ton of people and make as much money as I can. Yeah. Anyway. Bring back Sunrise. Anyway, 2023 Kawasaki KX250. There are some updates, and they're not, they're not all just fluff. Uh, There's some legit ones. Yeah. So I'm not a huge 250 guy. I do ride them a lot. For testing, but on my own time, obviously, I do not. Um, so it is nice that I do get to ride these bikes. And for you vet guys out there that you think 450s are too much, a 250 is a viable option for a vet rider, especially if it has some torque. Um, it doesn't get you as tired. The consequences of crashing are less. I'm not saying that it's you're not going to crash, but it's just less than the average. You're not going Mach 10 with your hair on fire on a 450 <laughs> with arm pump. Getting whiskey throttle off the back of a freaking burn. So there are less consequences on a slower bike. If you're a vet rider and you do get arm pump a lot and you ride a bigger bike, and you guys are like, oh, I, I don't know, I won't, I don't have enough power. I'm able to jump this jump. Well, that's bullshit because you already made up your mind when you get to the track on lap two what you're jumping and what you're not. Exactly. You're not just debating like, I might have enough power to do this. That's that's not happening. No. 
you either know that I'm jumping this double or I'm not. I'm out. Yeah. A 450 is not going to make up your mind. And if it does make up your mind for you, that's not good. Because then the engine is talking and not your brain. Yeah. I don't know how many dudes I see out there that ride a 450 that is sketch. Oh, there's a lot of them, especially out here, too. With bad form, and that's how they get hurt. You want to you wanna see some stuff? Go to, like, a Saturday at Glen Helen. No, I don't want to see that stuff. There's some stuff there. There's some I'm sure there's a lot of that everywhere you go because the weekend warriors, you guys work all week and they want to go ride their dirt bikes. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying be safe. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um. All right, so what did Kawasaki change? I'm going to read you Kawasaki's spiel here, all right? And then we'll try to talk about if we felt it, if it's worth the shit, if it's better than a 22. Hey, Kiefer, I have a 22 and a 23 to choose from. The 23 is $2,000 more. Should I do it? We're going to talk about all of this. But Kawasaki had new updates, or I said new things and updates. So uh, new intake valves and valve pitch now features a 1.5 millimeter narrower pitch from for the intake valves and provides, this is what Kawasaki says, provides increased clearance at the valve seats to deliver increased cylinder filling efficiency and improved combustion for better peak performance. All Aiden, right. do you know anything about what that means? I've heard of a combustion, but I don't know exactly what so it is. So Mitch Payton was there at our... 23 intro day and he was talking about this specifically mm -hmm. about how the older head didn't seal as well and if it doesn't seal as well you're losing horsepower yep. right so every time those intake valves move up and down when they're down that has to seal yep. right they don't want to be when they do a leak down test remember they did that with your bike yep they're seeing how well these things seal okay um so with this new with the new valve intake valves and the valve the valve pitch different, it is sealing better, which can increase horsepower. Yep. Okay. Uh, new downdraft style intake duct is now straighter, and the upstream injector, which is the dual injector on the Cowie, has been repositioned from above to below the duct, contributing to increased cylinder filling efficiency and peak performance. New exhaust header pipe is now 100 millimeters longer and offers increased load amid torque, so that head pipe is longer. Let's I did, hope the I studs do not there. bend, so we can get the damn head pipe on. <laughs> so for you KX250 owners out there, me and Aiden, we go back and forth from stock head pipes to Pro Circuit. Aiden sponsored by Pro Circuit. So when we go to put the stock head pipe on, the holes that are on that line up to the studs on the head pipe, they it, get it, it, it's they, off. Yeah, they get bent. They get bent. So you literally have to bend the stud down a little bit to make it fit the stock head pipe uh, uh, collar holes. Yeah. I can't tell you guys how many times I have thrown a T-handle across the garage Whoa. trying to figure out how to uh, how to it's get this damn head pipe on because I try to get it on, and then one, one of them line up, and then the other one just doesn't. It's barely, just barely doesn't line up. And you're just like, Are you throwing tools in my garage? I'm not gonna lie. There's a couple. I've, there's a couple times some T handles have been <laughs> thrown across the garage. <laughs> this is one where my T handles are missing. No, you saw all your T handles. Okay, I just want to tell you something. <laughs> I got in trouble a lot when I was younger because I didn't put my dad's tools away, and I would look at him like an alien because I was like, "What the fudge is wrong with you? Why are you always mad at me? The <laughs> tools are in there." <laughs> but I understand now. Put them in the right spots i put them back i'm just Can saying you wipe them off so they're not filled with 
Grease. <laughs> yeah. With grease. Yeah. Or FFT oil all over them from the filter. I go to pick up a 12, and it's like, it's all nasty. A 12? 12 opened in wrench. What would I need a 12 open the wrench if I'm changing a filter? I don't know, but I feel the filter <laughs> oil all over it. New advanced ignition timing was developed to complement the new engine package, while the moment of inertia was increased in the magneto rotor for a racer-friendly power delivery. Okay. okay. New, based on feedback from the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki race team, mm. this is true because Mitch did say this, the transmission's first gear has been lengthened to become more usable. I don't understand that. And second gear was fine-tuned to offer a smoother transition from first to third. Oh. So we did feel some of this. I did I not did. feel first because I'm never in first, but Supercross guys are. Yeah. Their transmission is different, so they actually use first gear in corners. Did you know that? I did know that, yeah. They downshift to first. Yeah. Which is amazing to me. I watched the video. But first probably feels like second to us. That's how their transmission spacing is. Uh, Connecting rod, big end bearing, crush height was increased, and the main holding circuit uh, relay was revised for improved reliability, which that's a plus because we needed that on our 22s. Cone disc spring hydraulic clutch push rod has been revised from steel to a steel cap and aluminum shaft, resulting in a lighter clutch operation, which is true because it is a lighter clutch pull. Uh, suspension, fine-tuned suspension settings on both front and rear contribute to improved cornering. Mm, that's debatable. These changes help provide the rider with greater front-end feedback and a more planted feel upon corner entry. Additionally, ground-holding performance, I never heard it like that, ground-holding performance, huh, has been improved and rear suspension updates designed to improve performance. So what they did, and I talked to Kaipo from KYB, what they did is they... They try to match, get a little bit more balance from this. So they they might have got a little bit less dampening. Uh, I'm sorry. A little less dampening in the shock so it wasn't so stiff. Mm-hmm. And then match that with the fork because the fork was pretty stiff. It was stiff. Um, lighter fork cover bolts. Okay. Uh, both were changed from steel to aluminum and now are hollow instead of solid bolts. Okay. Wheels and brakes. Dunlop MX-33 tires. R.I.P. MX-3S. See, I'm fine with... I like how they put a, a So you found the MX-33 front? I'm fine with the 110. Just say yes or no. No. No, but say yes, because I'm going to keep all my MX-3S <laughs> and not put them on your bike. No. 33s? What's wrong with 33? There's nothing wrong with the rear 33. Front. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. What are you saying? I'm saying I, I like how they put a 110 on it. Yes. So the 110 now is on the rear tire with its with an MX33. Last year, I had a loophole where I could get my Dunlop MX3S tires through a Kawasaki part number because, of course, you can buy a front tire that's available, MX3S, but you can't get a rear. But you can if you have the Kawasaki part number. So that's what I was doing. Now that is slowly going to go away, which I'm depressed about. But... Dunlop will be introducing a new tire soon, I think. Again. Hopefully. All right. Maybe an MX-34. I don't know how they're going to do it, but uh, maybe next year or something. That would be cool if they did. That would be cool. And ergonomics. Foot peg design is now 5 millimeters wider. 
front to rear and positioned three millimeters rearward. Mm. So that opened the cockpit up a little bit. Um, offering excellent grip, superb feel, and making it easier to blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. But that position is very nice. We talk about the rider cockpit a little bit about Hondas. The Kawasaki is a nice feel. Kawasaki and Honda feel the same to me. All right. So, Aiden, and before we get to Aiden, just so you guys know, at the end of this podcast, we talked to Hunter Yoder. Um, Hunter helped us with the test last week. Uh, he comes from a factory connection Honda background. He was their mini rider. They graduated to 250Fs, but that team went defunct, and he got, you know, I'm going to say demoted. He just was left without a ride. Yeah. So this was the first time he rode a Kawasaki. So you want to hear about 13 to 15 minutes of what he thought. This is at the end of this podcast. Stay tuned, and you can listen to him and his thoughts. So if you're interested in that. So Aiden. You ride a Kawasaki. Let's not do the corporate hat, okay? Okay. Uh, Team Green Rider, you you chose to ride a Kawasaki. Yep. So you seeked out, you rode a Cowie. You actually rode a Cowie initially and then went back to, to a KTM. Well, it was Cowie and then back to Honda. And then Honda, uh, that's kind of over it. And then, and then to the KTM. KTM. Yeah. So you actually liked the Kawasaki. Yep. But then you're like, after the KTM, you're just like, well, I want some better suspension. It's tough to get suspension setting. And you rode the Cowie at one of these intros in 22, when the 22s came out. And you liked it. Mm-hmm. And so you decided that's what you wanted to ride. And then yep. you picked up a Team Green ride, yep. which helps us with bikes and parts. So we try to be transparent on this podcast. So I hope you are the same way. Uh-huh. Uh, but why do you like the Kawasaki bike in general from a 250 standpoint? Well, let's let's I'll I'll go back a little bit here. So when I first rode the bike, I was just coming out of C class, and I wasn't I didn't have the intensity or aggression that I did now. I was more of like a a, a smooth throttle kind of guy, and to be honest, the Cowie motor just didn't fit me that time. It was a little little too punchy off the bottom, and I wanted something with a little more mid to top. That I didn't have to ride too aggressive, so I think that's why we went with uh, we went with the KTM, just because I feel like at that certain time it fit my riding style better. Mm-hmm. But then as the as I got faster and as I got better, got a little more intensity and everything, uh, I started having suspension problems and chassis problems, and uh, I I just didn't feel comfortable when I when I'd ride it. And when when you talk to people and you say problems, people are gonna know what what is that? That's like, like that's like going and listening to Eli Tomac interview and it's like yeah we changed some things we all want to know what those things are yeah so let's talk about that what's so, the problems obviously at first I started off on a uh, air fork mm-hmm. and then after the air fork we uh started noticing that getting a little better so then we went to a spring fork got the spring fork but I just couldn't find the right setting and it just didn't feel like my Honda fork or my Cowie fork so so what what Aiden's saying is consistency we would have a good setting at a track, and then we would go to another track, and it would it would just feel different. Yeah. It's one thing about Japanese machines is that consistency, or what we call in the testing world, track toughness. Yep. It has a lot of that. More than that, I should say. Yeah. Go ahead. So then uh, I just, just kept struggling, and then as the time went on, I got better and better. I just I just didn't feel comfortable riding on that, uh, on that fork anymore, or that chassis. So you chose the Cowie. Yep. So then now, got faster, more aggression, more intensity, and uh, 
all we did do it was put a pipe on it and suspension, and I rode it, and I loved it. Chassis was, I f- honestly, out of all the 250s that I've ridden, I feel like the Cowie chassis is the best 250 chassis. For what reason? Uh, just for its compliancy. I feel like, uh, sorry, I feel like compared to the Yamaha, I feel like, obviously they're both, I feel like they're the same kind of. But as far I just as feel bump, bump yeah, absorption. Yeah, bump absorption. I feel like they they feel the same. Mm-hmm. But I just feel I feel a little more um, planted. I feel a little more planted on the Cowie than I do on the Yamaha. It's funny I can read your mind. Yeah, I just try to find the word. I'm I can like find I'm them. like a, a f- like a fairy from True Blood. I can read your mind. Fang banger. Yeah, it's fang banger. Fang banger. Uh, so he is right. So just like a 450, the Kawasaki has great bump absorption. Kawasaki is one of the most stable machines. I think that rolls over a little bit more on the 250 side with the KYB suspension on the 250. Kawasaki is very stable. Yep. The KYB suspension is stiffer natured than the Showa stuff that's on the 450, surprisingly. Yep. Um, so KYB did rework that for 23, which I do feel like was for the better. Mm-hmm. It is still a little bit stiff on the front end. Um, so you rode this 23. Compared to your 22. Yep. You said it felt, at one point in the day, you said, man, this is, and you had two or three race spec engines, and the first race spec was just a light head work, a pipe, and some fuel, and you said this stock 23KX250 was better than that race spec at one yeah. time. Yeah, um, yes. So my uh, my first race bike that I had didn't have a whole lot of bottom end on it, mm-hmm. more mid to top. And this new bike, I feel like it had a little more bottom end and way more mid to top than it did on uh, my first race. So bike. you can actually feel that transmission change that they made. A little bit more, yes. But compared to like um, when we rode the first bike, I felt like it lost actually a little bit bottom. Mm-hmm. To be honest, compared to the twenty one model, mm-hmm. I felt 22 like twenty two model. You mean? Yeah, twenty. Well, twenty one, twenty two model were the same. So the same, yeah. Yeah. So I felt like the 22 model had a little more, little more bottom, but at a certain point it would fall on its face a little bit. Compared to this year's model, I feel like they took away a little bit of that bottom, but then brought it more to the mid to top, so it wouldn't fall on its face. So I will disagree slightly. I think it's about the same amount of bottom, but what I think Aiden is feeling is that heavier flywheel inertia feel. And for me, I got more traction in 23 than 22. The 22 had a little bit more low rpm response i think that is a little bit less that response but the pulling power and the acceleration out of a corner is about the same but i'm just hooking up better yeah so similar to when off-road guys go hey i want more chugging more lugability i'm going to put a heavier flywheel weight on this bike and that way they can go and just kind of like cruise up and get more um, no less spin and more traction this kind of what they're doing to the KX250. They're giving you more connection. Okay. So they're trying to balance it with, hey, we're going to try to give you some more connection in one hand, and they're going to up it a little bit with the changes that we made to the head and then with the dual injector and the intake. Okay. So they're, they're trying to work it all up and not lose anything. So if they lost anything, I think a little bit of low-end RPM response, but they gained rear-wheel traction feel. And I agree with you. I got more mid-range meat. To me, I feel like a little bit more top-end, but over-rev was about the same. To me, it is a noticeable difference on the rear traction feel. But 
everything else is a little bit better. It's not huge for me. Yeah. But I don't ride 250S that much. You ride it more, especially this bike. You ride this bike a lot. So I would feel like you're in tune with this bike more than I am. Yes. Um, so you actually, you like this engine. I do. I like this engine more than last year's and, engine. And when Mitch said, when he was there, he, Mitch dynoed this bike compared to some of the 22s that he has. And not his race bikes, obviously, just the 22 stock bike. He says this bike is already better on the dyno, so they have a better platform to work from. Yeah. Which in this in this I think from the 20 to the 22 was a jump. Mm-hmm. And then now we have this new bike that's a little bit better. So it's tough when you guys watch these first impression videos and you listen to our bullshit on 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 video. It's we're going to say yeah, it is it's better, but it's minimally better. So if you're a if I'm trying to put this in easiest terms, if you are a weekend warrior rider, and you don't get to ride that much, and you're going to buy a new bike, and they're all out of 22s, and you're like, I'm getting a 23. Awesome. No harm, no foul. But if you have a choice, and you're not racing, you're not looking for every little advantage, and your dealership has a 22, a 2022 and a 2023, and you're going to save yourself $2,000, go the 2022 route, and then use that twenty two grand if you have it or or whatever, as mods yeah. for the bike. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's not a big change compared to, like, Honda's bikes where they went from dual pipes to one single pipe, and it's a big, a whole different bike. Like, honestly, um, I'd be fine just riding my 22s again for another year because there's not that much of a difference. But you, you do feel it. I do feel it, yes. And as far as racing goes, I would say you want advantage, so yeah. this would be better for you for racing for your race bike because now – Jamie at Twisted has a better platform to build from that we've been yeah that we've been helping them with. So, um, dual injection is amazing. So That's if you awesome. guys have a ride in a bike that doesn't have a dual injection, it really helps with low end RPM response. We put a dual injector in a YZ250F. It is it's super fun to ride. I mean, a dual injector, a vortex, a little bit of fuel. And it's a whole nother deal. It's a whole nother world. It's awesome. It's fun. Yeah, it's pretty so good. So the Cowie comes stock with a dual injector. Yep. You're you're ahead of the curve. So you get some low-end RPM, RPM response. On paper, if you look at all of the changes that they made, it's it's really good changes, like things that it needed. Yeah. Um, the rod bushing, great change. It needs that because um, that bushing gets – remember when Eddie says, hey, it's sloppy? Yeah. That is getting tighter, so that's better. So for me, they're helping this reliability with the rod. They're getting a little bit more power. Let's hope what we haven't talked about is subframe tabs from the muffler. I don't know if that's improved or not, but we do break subframe tabs. Oh, when yeah. you go to an aftermarket muffler, when it's solid mounted, and even if it's rubber mounted, we still break them. I think we've broken like four already. Yeah, so we, we try to get those re-welded. So if you do have a KX250 and you got a guy that knows how to weld, just beef up that weld a little bit so it doesn't break off and you destroy your $1,000 muffler like we have a couple times, which pisses me off. Yeah, a couple times, yeah. Hey, guys, please listen to these seven minutes of commercials. Do not fast-forward them because they may help you, and they also help me get to the races. ScreenPrintingDone.com My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. 
with your favorite phrase, like let's go, buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. Screenprintingdone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! Screenprintingdone.com. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com. 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants. Info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer. Get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. Ride-Engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar, but yet I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend, and that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So protaper.com, they have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keeferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. For motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with powerful four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. 
for the look of a full factory ride, just like what you guys see on Saturday night. Both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages, and you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today, find your Yamaha YZ, and enter the victory zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is. Right here, North America. I don't care where you're at. Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them, powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Time. Why you punish me? Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times, you can reach your full potential, and of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris at kieferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times, get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy, that's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text, who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate. And uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time, how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. All right, we are back. Hopefully you guys did not fast forward through those seven minutes of commercials and enjoy the rest of the show. So Kawasaki did do a better job on the engine side, getting a little bit more. For me, more importantly, the suspension it's a little bit less harsh in the front. I mean, the 22 bike was built for a, a big mother. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be a big rider, and it would you be could. good for you. But if for you, it's too stiff. Yeah, way too stiff. What about Paris on the 23? Well, so, like, I don't remember what it Let, let's Let's paint this picture because it's easier for you. You okay. rode your pro circuit tuned raced setting that day because we did it for Racer X. Yeah. Then you hopped on this 23 KX250. Back to back, suspension to suspension. I know this is not an apples to apples, but it's fun to talk about. What did it feel like compared to your pro circuit stuff? Motor suspension wise. Suspension. I think, honestly, they both felt the same to me, to be honest. So you don't notice that big a difference? Not that big of a difference, but also, too, Paris isn't like 
It wasn't super rough. It's not a Glen Helen at four o'clock. But you do get a feel of it. You so when do. you when you go to lean over in a corner, yeah. Did you notice anything different with cornering between the bikes? I did notice that it kinda my race bike actually stayed planted in a rut. Mm-hmm. Unlike the other one, I feel like it wanted to climb out of it. So I'd have to agree with that for me too, because it felt like high in the front. Yep. And the Kawasaki re- recommends 100 millimeters of sag, so they want that ass end up to balance it out because I think they're aware of the front end feeling high. Yeah. And also, it's a new bike. It needs to break in, but it, it feels firm. It does feel firm. Yeah. So if you're a heavier rider, you might like that. I feel like it has some performance advantage as because it has some holdup. But when it gets to small chop, light bump, and when I say light bump, that means when the fork is up high in its stroke and it's using the first two or three inches, that is a little bit firm feeling. Once you get down into the mid-stroke, it has a nice feel, good dampening, but the top is a little crusty. Yeah. So I, it's a little bit, has a little bit of deflection. When you say crusty, what do you mean by that? So crusty to me is like, you know how you have a, a pie? Yeah. You've watched American Pie. Yeah. Okay? You yeah. know what he does with that pie, correct? Uh-huh. You have to physically break through that hard part crust until you get to that creamy feeling. Okay? <laughs> yeah. That is kind of like what this fork is. It's a little bit hard and crusty. It doesn't move very good. And then, ha, ha, ha. Like it's a little free feeling after that. You know? It's warm inside. Well, no. But see, you don't like after dark, but yet you're doing it right now. Well, when you think American Pie, I mean, I started immediately thinking of the scene, right? I know. But that's what I'm trying to relate to you. Yeah, I, I get it. Yes, yes. You know? So that's what I mean by crust. It's just a little bit firm and crusty. And then you get this nice, supple. Um, comfortable feeling after that. Yeah. Um, so that's what this fork feels like. It still has that same 22 character, just a little bit better comfort through the mid-stroke and a little bit better balance now that the shock has changed and matched up with it. So now off-throttle, this is what I do like about the 23, is when I'm hauling ass and I clip that throttle and chop it, the chassis itself is, yep. is flat. Yes, you don't want a chassis to when you to dive when you go off throttle, no. especially you got soft dirt, you East Coast guys. Uh, you've got tall bumps. You want that chassis to remain flat. You don't want it looking like Jackson's bike. Jesus, when it's diving like a dual sport, <laughs> coming down a straightaway, right? And yeah. then when he's on the throttle, it's like this. There's a lot of teeter tottering. We want it flat. So sometimes you sacrifice comfort at times to get balance. So that's that's the hard part about suspension and for these tuners is to find that blend of comfort and performance. Yep. So, but you can't corner a machine if your nose low because you're going to get oversteer, right? Yeah. Or you're going to knife. You want a little flat so you can set up for that rut, especially out here when we have little dishes. We don't have big ruts and they get blown out and you need to cut down. You want a chassis that's flat. If you're low... You're going to oversteer. You're going to wash, you know? So Kawasaki and KYB came together, and they performed a little bit better, for me at least, a bike that can handle the off-throttle situation more. Yeah. And I like that. I'm a heavier guy, and I still don't get a lot of pitching. So that's helpful for me. Um, So, yeah, the suspension side of it is a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable. Chassis side to me, still one of the most stable bikes there is as far as 250s go. I have a lot of tire contact patch, a lot of feel. There's not at one point when you're on the edges of your tires and you got some chugs coming out or you're drifting out. Um, similar to that after the finish line at Paris where we watched Anderson on that roller. Oh, yep. 
he can stand up and have that feel and not have to sit to get that feel, you yeah. know? Because for you guys listening, if you ever stood up a round of corner, you feel like you have less knobbies digging into the ground. You feel like your your tires are light. But for whatever reason, the Kawasaki feels like those knobbies are in the dirt a little bit more when you stand. Yeah. Those are the reasons why sometimes I sit because I'm like, I, I don't have that much feel when I'm standing, so I'm going to sit and sacrifice my back so I can get some traction, yeah. you know? But the Kawasaki does that pretty good, so I like that. Concur or not, or do, do I, you I know? Agree or? With, I agree with you on that part. You stand up a lot. I do stand up a lot, and sometimes that bites you, which I've been trying to fix. But and some like I've been watching when we watch Sexton. Sexton stands up. I feel like the same amount as I do, like halfway through the corner, then the apex <sighs> of the corner, then sits down. So I was talking to the Kawasaki manager there. Yeah, and what he described to me with Jason is he stands up in the correct areas and where he stands up on the bike. So J.A. stands up a lot, yeah. but where he's positioned on the bike is back. Other riders, they stand up, but they're forward, and that's where things the front end start. gets jacked up. So yeah. he stands up, but he's positioned back on the bike a little further, which helps the front end soak up some of that stuff. If you're loading the front and you're heavy on the front while standing – you're going to have your ass in overpower that front. So, J.A.'s light on the pegs, but he also, where he's positioned on the bike is important for a chassis, and he fits the Kawasaki chassis really good. He does, yeah. Like, where he stands up and how he rides, that Kawasaki chassis is great. And for me, if you guys are listening, I know you guys say, oh, I want a bike that corners. All of these bikes corner well. It just depends on how much front-end feel you have. I feel like Kawasaki doesn't have the most front-end feel out of all of these 250s, but it's very neutral. We used to say, oh, Kawasaki is a rear-end steering motorcycle. That has gone away. It's neutral feeling. Honda, front-end feel. Yeah. Yamaha, yeah. neutral. Maybe sometimes front-end vague, right? What does that mean, vague? Like light, like push. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Suzuki, front-end feel. Uh, KTM, neutral. Husqvarna, neutral. Um, so I feel like K Kawasaki has a nice blend of cornering stability, yep. which is important, and then straight line stability. So I think they've done a great job. So, yes, the 23 is a little bit better. Is it drastically day and night better? To me, no. Aiden? No, not really. I mean, it's, I mean, motor-wise, I feel like it's a tad bit better, but not a whole lot better. You're not freaking out over it. No, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I need this thing. The revisions that they did does make a better motorcycle. And if for me, one of the big things is durability for you. And that rod bushing change will help the length of life for this bike, especially <laughs> with your revving ass. Yep. <laughs> Please stop revving. I feel like I've been fine. <laughs> and then, and then like the corners after you did all right at the combine, you're all right. Told you. Yeah. At the finish line, yeah, I feel like you could have been a gear higher. I did notice that, yeah. I did notice when I race. Cause you're, you're, dude, I was watching a couple other guys. Your suspension, when you 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 scrub the finish line, which was nice. Yep. But then when you land, you're so high up in the RPM that your your chassis is like really eh, like down. Like when you're hitting those bumps, getting over to that inside, you know? Mm -hmm. You're like this, like we're talking about front and low, because you're you're in second gear. Yeah. Like really early. Yeah, I do notice when I race, I I really ride second and third gear a lot more. 
you need to ride. So when you're scrubbing that in third gear, stay in third gear for a bit over some of those bumps. And then before you drop into that corner, downshift. Okay. I think I also, like, I for, I honestly forget the shift sometimes. I've, no, I, I've I understand. Started, I've noticed. Because you're trying to be aggressive, so you, you're listening to the sound of the engine, which you think you're going fast because it's revving out. Yeah. But it's you're not, just spinning. Yeah. Or you're loading the chassis. So, so it's tough to do. It is tough. Um, again, ergonomically, I do prefer the five millimeter wider peg. That's like the KX450. I do feel that. I think that is an upgrade. Yeah, that is nice. Um, the bar, it's a fat bar. The bend is nice. I like that. They share the same bend. Eight, eight thirty-two. I think eight seventy-two. Oh, eight thirty-two is the bend. I like it. I that like bend Stark. is nice. Yep. Um, fat bar. A little stiff for me, but it's okay. I don't really notice a difference, to be honest. Yep. Uh, I'm just on a pro taper so long that I'm used to that flex. But, yeah, if I was on a rental, I'd go to a fat bar. I wouldn't go to a twin wall for me. Yeah. Um, Does it work cutting the twin wall bar? Yeah, so if you're on a twin wall bar, you can cut the crossbar, and that will basically give you more flex. And then what we do, and some people do, the race team has race teams. If they use rental twin wall, they have a hollowed, I think, have a hollowed crossbar. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of the time guys want a crossbar just for visual reasons. Like, Hey, I need a crossbar because it screws to me when I don't have one. Yeah. Or I can't set my bar the right way because I don't have a crossbar. Yeah. I don't have that problem. But if you do, if you do like visually a crossbar, you can cut that in the middle and then just tape it with electrical tape. So it stays, you know, in place. Okay. It doesn't jab you or stab you or something or whatever. I mean, you have a bar pad, but I mean, I don't Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You just don't want to let it flex in there right yeah I just tape it a little bit just kind of keep it together it's still flexing um so yes it does help could you cut the crossbar off like let's say you bought a twin yeah wall you could physically remove the crossbar on a rental twin wall and, and then it'd just be a fat bar and it's just be a fat bar but structurally it changes because they're made this way uh-huh. the twin wall is made this way but the fat bar is made one way so structurally i don't know if i would trust it have you tried that um a lot of off-road teams so caselli kurt yeah he used to run twin wall bars with the crossbar gone. So it, it's been done. Okay. It has been done. All right. So I don't know the flex character between the fat bar and the twin wall with the the crossbar removed. I don't know that, but that's something we can ask Paul. Can I find that would be a good test? See what that's about. Take a fat bar and then. Why don't you do it? Do the test and ride it and do the whole thing. People would love it. I'd be down to. Aiden honestly. at com. You want to hit him up about bars? Email me. Actually, I don't know about bars because I don't know a whole lot. About bars. Uh, I've only ran one bar the whole. What bar? Uh, Pro Taper Race Team bar. You ran SX Race. Yeah. You SX. like SX Race. Yeah. That's a big difference. I don't notice a whole lot of difference, to be honest. Really? Yeah. One's flatter. One's not as flat. One has less sweep. One has more sweep. Yeah, that, I don't notice a whole lot of difference. I'm a very big nerd when it comes to this bar. You give me a band, I probably know the dimensions to it. <laughs> okay. Because I tweak out on that kind of stuff. All right. What? Uh, that is a low bend. That is like an 82 millimeter height. Maybe 78 millimeter height. It's low. Low and flat. Tall guy things, man. Well, he should be on a taller bar Yeah. in all reality. Like, I understand he wants a flat bar, which is fine. So if you guys are tall and you like flat bars, no problem. But get the height from your bar mount. What's you, the, on, you on a taller bar mount? No, you, you're not you're on a taller on a, bar mount. You're, you're on a stock bar mount. Yeah, so he's on a stock bar mount height which he should be at a plus five at least. So that way he's up, 
but still has that flat feel. What's the bar that, that Marvin runs? I saw a picture the other day, and it looked big. 827. Yeah, that's big. It so it's big. flat and wide. You talk to Frankie, he's about 806. Really? Millimeters, yeah. It looks like it's like wide. it has like a V in it. No. Like it's big. He might have changed it recently, but maybe on the 250 he changed it, but in the 450 he was on yeah. a, f- a low flat bar. There's a picture of him on a 250, and the bar is high. Eli Tomac, same thing. It looks looks like Bullhorn. Yeah. But he's on an SX race band. All right. So I think on Yamahas, if you go look at my Yamahas right it now. It looks big, It looks yeah. like it's tall, but it's just they're 87 millimeters in height. They're, they're actually considered low. Huh. Like your bar, the race team bar, is higher than that SX race. It just doesn't have as much rise. So you have a height, then you have rise. So it's two different things. Oh. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that wraps it up about the Kawasaki KX250. If you guys are wondering what to do, you can email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com if I didn't answer it for you here. Uh, one thing I didn't cover real quick, two things, actually. One is the seat foam breaks down really easy. I feel like the seat foam is very, very soft on this bike. I hit the seat pan, and, that's, and it makes the ass in feel like it's squishy and, and low which in reality it's not, I would just probably go to a firmer foam or an aftermarket foam to kind of get some more density out of that. I just feel like it's just too soft. That's my personal preference. I don't know if you even noticed that. I didn't really notice that, no. So when I'm in a rut and I got some chugs, I feel like I'm moving too much inside of that foam. I don't like that feel. Okay. Um, and then also, you have couplers to try. The ECU tune is different this year. So those couplers actually have different tunes as well. So you can, if you want a little bit more bottom in, you can go with the white coupler. Um, I will have some new maps up on my website here soon for the 2023 KX250 baseline settings article. Um, so that will be up. Um, something that's evolved from the CHA map. If you guys are looking for a little bit more bottom to mid, I can get you some of that. So if you need some of that, we can try different couplers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that coupler is not as easy as a Yamaha power tuner, but it's pretty simple to swap it out. And yeah. you got a different map. So lean, rich, um, standard. Yep. Green's the standard one, right? Green is standard, white is lean, and then black is rich. Black is the gnarly one, isn't it? Nah, black's just it'll get a little bit more top end pull, but it'll kind of make the, the bottom end feel a little bit smoother. Got it. So and if you want a little bit more low snap and more pull out of the corner, that white will get you more of that, but you'll have less top end. Okay. So that's that's that. All right. Uh, keep an eye on your chain guides. Uh, Kawasaki is known for not having the best chain guide plastic pieces. It'll eat through that. It has been better over the years, but still not the greatest. All, also, if you've got a new bike, keep on your spokes. Break it in. Check the spokes. Uh, you can go to Fastco and get the toe. The toe. The toe. The torque spoke wrench, which we use. The toe wrench. How easy is it for you? Oh, it's so easy. It's really cool. It's preset. Um, if you guys want a discount on that, hit me up. I'll get you a discount. But uh, Fast Company does really good um, spoke torque wrenches. It's really nice. Even I'm dumb and I know how to use it. Yes, and sometimes you are dumb and very you do dumb. Know, like a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> spokes, spokes. So uh, sharp, skinny levers. I'm out. ARC. They make good levers. I've been coming. I've been coming around. The clutch lever I can deal with. It's the front brake that I'm. I can't do the front blade's brake. Blades too thin. It's right in the pocket of where I like my finger. Mm-hmm. Way too thin. Mm. I can't do it. Okay. So but ARC. Bob at ARC Hex makes great levers. He's awesome. Works connection is in the works. Sounds good. In the works. Works connection is in the works on making hydraulic clutch levers. 
So they're going to be making them. All right. When when is that going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to ask Eric. But I've been working with Eric on foot peg mounts. So for Yamaha, so you guys want to have different offsets on your older Yamahas, 22 and older. I've come up with an offset that's really good for you taller guys and not so cramped. Um, Does it make it for Cowie? No, we do not make because Kawasaki has adjustable uh, mounts already. What about just foot pegs? Though? Um, yes, they sell foot pegs. Titanium? Yes. Oh. They're called pro pegs. Oh. You might so. need to hit those up. You have flow pegs are nice on right now. I do, yeah. So titanium flows. Titanium flows. Raptor is what I use on my bikes. Yeah. With no no cleat in the middle, open cleat. Mm. I feel like that I, mud. I feel like I'd like a cleat. In the middle? Yeah. Yeah. I like no cleat because I sit on your bike and I feel like my foot's gonna fall through it. How how is your foot gonna fall through a, a three inch hole? It just doesn't feel comfortable, man. Oh my god! We're two different people. <laughs> no, we're not. You you're know. basically the same thing as me. You're my blood. You're the same. When people watch us ride, they say we look the same. Some things Does that make you mad. Some a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a forty six year old man, son. Or you just look like me. That that's that would take that compliment. That looks. I think you look good on a bike. Thank you. You know. Thank you. What does Jackson look like? He's dude. Jackson doesn't look as bad as he did. Yes, it's better. He used to look like gangly over the bike. Yeah, because he ran his clutch lever freaking halfway down. He looks less mutiny. He doesn't look like a mutant so much. <laughs> so if we can just shave off a couple inches off him, I well, think I think if he shaved his legs, that might help some. But I don't know what he's going to do about that. So uh, thank you for joining us. If you guys want to listen to Hunter Yoder, he is up next. Uh, we interview Hunter and get his thoughts. So uh, thank you for supporting our advertisers and listening to the show. It's very fun for me to do. I like helping people. It's in my nature. So don't be shy about emailing me if you need some help. I'll try to do my best um, as much as I can for you guys out there. So Email me too. Aiden at I need more emails. Aiden at KieferIncTesting.com. If you guys are a teenager. Email me about anything. Video games. Girls. Uh, he doesn't know anything about girls. Dirt bikes. So that's, that's anything. Anything. Let's keep it business related. Okay. It can, I just want to get emails in general. Just anyone can email me. You actually got to email people back. I do email people back. Okay. So look at Over here at our media company, it's family owned. And we're just talking to you. We're open. We have the door open for you. We're not stuck up. Yeah. Unlike some other media companies out there that will not talk to you besides what they put out on their website. Jackson, what's your email? No, Jackson's not a part Shoot, of Shoot, email Jackson. You know what? Let's get Jackson. Jackson is not email. good at emails. <laughs> he's not, no. He's not great at social media either. He's getting better. He's getting From the first time we met him, the social media game was a... Uh, I mean, he wrote a gas gas today and did not ask for his picture to post up today. Half of that was my half of that was my fault though. How? Because I didn't ride and I had my phone. How's, how's that doing anything with him? Uh huh. He's forgot. He's forgot. Nope. Nope. That's it. We're wrapping it up. All right. We're done. Let's go. All right, guys. Stay stay tuned for Hunter Yoder. We'll be back next week with more information. And if you guys are at the track, come by and say hi. And uh, hope to see you there. And keep riding. Stay safe. See you guys. All right, guys, so we have Hunter Yoder. He helped me with the test at Paris Raceway when we did it last week. Uh, Hunter Yoder, just so some of my old geezers that do not know you, give some background about you real quick and what you did this year. Um, I rode for Geico Honda about four years ago as an amateur. Um, won a couple titles with them back in the uh, – the old days, I guess you could say. Good old days. 
Yep. And then when they shut down, I went through a little bit of a rough patch. And then this year I did um, Supercross with Tyloo Honda East Coast. Um, had a little bit of a rough, rough year for my standards, but uh, we're working on getting some to, something together for this next Supercross year. And uh, oh, good! I'm, I'm training. Just started today. I, I saw you're out ride. running. You're out running in 106 degree heat. Yeah, I'm not a runner. I'm a I'm a cyclist guy. Hey, so running will take half the time. So it's something new. You know, I gotta gotta be in the pain cave a little bit. Yeah, you're going to be, especially this time of year in the heat. Oh yeah, it's it's gnarly right now, but um, somebody's got to do it, right? That's right. You got to grind it out. All right. So we were talking a little bit with Aiden and I, and you have never ridden a Kawasaki KX 250 up until this point. So for uh for the people out there give us some feedback we'll start with the engine what did you think about the kx 250 engine when you when you rode it at paris uh i thought it was really good um stock uh normally i've never ridden anything else besides a honda so it was different for me but hopping on it straight away i felt that the mid-range power on it was really good um you know, it's stock 250s, I think, are all of them are probably a little bit slower on the bottom end. Um, besides, maybe the Yamaha is probably the only exception. Right. Um, but the mid power, um, second, third gear, I thought was it was really good compared to the Honda. I think maybe it runs out a little bit on top end. Uh-huh. Um, but that second and third gear was where I found it to be the most impressive. Yeah, so they changed that for 23, the spacing. And you even noticed that, Aiden, like I it was a little bit, bit yeah. you guys could shift and it didn't fall on its face. Yeah, a little bit more. Had a little bit more of a uh, mid-to-top area. Where, like, uh, last year's bike, it would have that bottom end. Yeah. And then as soon as you got to a certain range, it would just fall on its face and you have to short shift it. Mm. Uh so Yoder, are you a second gear guy in the corners, or you try to ride third? Uh second. So you don't mind shift down, shift in a second, and then revving the shit out of it? Nope. I, uh, for me, I've always ridden that way. I mean, I'll do third if mm-hmm. they're, if it's capable, I guess, corner. Right. Um, but I'm usually a second gear guy just because on two fifties, if you get into a little bit of a soft spot or. It's just more more predictable. You get a little more power. And uh, growing up on a Geico race team, you know, you're not worried about going through parts, right? You just hammer that thing and <laughs> turn it in when you're done with it. So. Oh man! Oh, so this this brings me to this point. So the Honda, I feel like, was a little slower revving, like spool up. If you know what I mean by that, like it it yep. spools up a little bit slower, and the Kawasaki feels freer. Did you notice that? Yeah, I feel like it went right to its power spot. Like, when you were on the gas, uh-huh. I did notice that, like, I guess quarter turn of the throttle, like, was kind of maybe a little bit hesitant. Yep. Um, I don't know if you guys felt that. Like, but, hesitant doesn't mean, like, just sluggish? Yeah, I even noticed it, like, just riding it around in the pits. Like, it almost wanted to, like, cut out. 
Hmm. I don't know if Idol was too low on it or what, but um, but when you did get on the gas, it I know what you're saying. Like it went right up, and it never. I felt like the best part about it, especially for, like I feel like it would be good for a, a vet guy. Yeah. Um, was you could ride it in that second gear for a long amount of time, or the third gear. And you could rev it, and I feel like it was almost a long time before it would get to red line. Yeah, so over rev. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that is a little bit increased from from last year, just what they did to the head and the flywheel change as well. Some of it, I don't think we gained a lot of bottom in from last year, but uh, with the added weight of the 110 rear tire, you got a little bit of heavier flywheel weight, but then you got... Uh, a little bit different downdraft with the intake and then what they did with the intake valve to seal it up, seal them off a little bit better. I think that just created better mid-range. But I've always noticed on the KX250 that it just spools up really quick. So if you're not careful at times, usually that you'll just come, you'll go through the power really fast. The YZ250F is a little bit like that too, really light, spools up really fast. And uh, this year I felt like they lengthened that with some of that flywheel weight and what they did inside that downdraft intake system. So for me, it was an enjoyable bike. So I, I was really curious about what your opinion was just because I know you've ridden a Honda. You've been on some good bikes. And as, as far as a production machine, you were happy with the engine. Yeah, I uh, I was really happy with the way. I mean, I've ridden a lot of stock bikes over the years. Yep. Um, but I would say top three for okay. sure. Right, um, like it was... It, I was really impressed. All right. Um, how much you weigh? Uh, 150. Okay, so suspension. Uh, we're KYB suspension on the KX250 versus the Showa that's on the 450. Obviously, you're you're coming from a Honda that has Showa stuff. Uh, what did you think about the suspension? And I understand that it's Paris. wasn't that rough, but just the feel of it. Um, I'm also not that picky on suspension, but... I tried to be as picky as possible just because I know we were testing. Yep. Um, for me, it felt good um, right right away. Yep. But then, um, I don't know if you've talked about the changes that we made. Um, I don't even know. I don't remember what we did exactly. You softened the... Yeah, so basically maybe? what I did during the day, just so people know, like it's very rare that I go softer on 250 suspension. I'm 170 pounds, and I actually uh, went softer two on the compression and then closed that rebound down two as well just to slow it down a little bit. Yeah, so I mean I'm 150 pounds, and I – I go pretty fast, so um, I was expecting to have to make it maybe a little bit stiffer or even if we didn't change it, get that little bit of bottom out, which I never – I'm sure I got close to the bottom of the stroke, but I never, like, really clacked it off the bottom, you know? Right. Um, After we did make those changes, though, I just felt like the front end, I could trust it way more. Um, Super planted and – corners where you didn't have ruts or even just that little bit of cushion to kind of turn on. Yeah. Um, I just felt like I could trust it a lot more and 
Just the overall um, tire contact patch feel was better? Yeah. Side knobs, I was trusting the side knobs, which is a big thing for me because I'm a... Are you a front-end steering I, guy or I, rear steering guy? I'm a, I'm a front-end. I can't do the Villapoto wide-open <laughs> steer with the front-end off the ground. That's right. just not my style. Yeah. So the the more uh, the more front traction I can get, the better. Right. And I think we we achieved that after those little bit of changes that we made. Did you hear his subliminal, like, Kiefer, you suck? That's why I was probably going to go stiffer on the suspension. He basically because, just called you out right yeah, there. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. Like, that was in a nice way. Say, Kiefer, you're old. You suck. You don't know nothing. I know So more. I was about to go somewhere different with the setting, but it actually was okay. It's <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> it, w- it was better. I was I was surprised when you when you told me that you went softer, but I'm yeah. not against it. Yeah, I was surprised too as well. I was like, oh, I'll try it, but I thought it would lose control. So... For you guys out there listening, and, and you too, Yoder, when you get a bike and you feel like it's a little bit harsh, you can open up that compression, which is soften it, and to get some of that control back, you can slow that rebound down, and then that will firm it up in a way to get you that control back, but yet still have a nice moving fork where, it, like you said, on that lean angle knob that you'll get some of that feel back, and that's what we're looking for because I'm a front-end steering guy, and I can't go fast if I don't feel my front end. I can't let my uh, front end float around and just rear steer like you said, like Villo does. So uh, I need some positivity in my front end. Yeah. I, I agree with that one. Um, real quick about the chassis. I know you got to go. So cornering, you come from a Honda, which corners excellent. What do you think about the Cowie? Um, I felt right at home. Okay. It. Uh, I don't know if it's because they are both Japanese made, but... Um, I just felt like I hopped on it. I haven't been riding at all. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit rusty, but, um, cornering is my strong suit and, uh, I hopped on it and I felt comfortable feet on the pegs to the corners, sitting down, standing up, whatever. Like it felt pretty much exactly like the Honda and, uh, what impressed me too was I'm sure if we got like a, a bike with a hundred hours on it, you would feel it. But, um, like we talked about, um, when we were at the track was the, the frame never felt tight. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a big thing for me, um, on all my bikes. Um, I don't like the tight frame. Um, I know some people do, some people don't, I'm not a fan. Um, but the new bike, it just felt not loose, but it felt right in the street spot. Yeah, just for people that know that they break in these bikes first before they give it to them for an hour. They have an hour on them. Um, they duct tape the shit out of them so they don't get jacked up, but they do break them in for one hour. Unlike a KTM or a Husqvarna, those things take six to eight hours to break in. So the Cowie, and I will say this lightly, okay? Everyone just calm down. But the Cowie will feel a little bit blown out as the hours rack up versus another bike, uh, 50 to 60, 70 hours, the Cowie will feel a little bit more clapped out because of just what you said, Yoder. It feels nice. It feels good when new. Well, that newness wears off sooner than other bikes. Yeah, which is, you know, pros and cons, right? Correct. At least when it is brand new, you don't struggle with it as much. Correct. I got a quick question for Yoder. Okay. So, obviously, Honda is known for... 
the, like how you sit on a Honda and just feels nice. Like yeah. it, you feel at home. How did the Ryder Triangle feel on the Cowie compared to the Honda? Um, it felt really similar. Um, you know, like I'm not a, a very big guy. I'm probably five, seven, five, eight. Mm -hmm. Um, but I never like, I wasn't stretched out at all on any legs, arms to the bars. Like I was never stretched out and when a bike feels too big for you to ride, it's kind of hard, right? Like, um, so I felt that it was equal and I guess all parts, mm -hmm. not, not, um, lean towards one way, I guess. Yeah. Never, I'm... never felt like I was like reaching or trying to make up for like lost, uh, height i guess yeah so for me like kawasaki honda does it right for cockpit area it feels nice they use the same bar bend uh, i'm i'm feel i feel like if you did the schematics of the triangle it'd be very close to a honda uh so i mean yeah i think it fits a wide range of people like we just talked about you're five eight i'm six foot you're yep. five ten five nine yeah so there's a wide range there and also you can move the pegs if you wanted to you can move them back you have bar mount positions you can move so from the dealer floor, you can actually screw with the, the rider cockpit a little bit to make it what you feel like you want, which is kind of nice because you don't get a lot of that in production form in other bikes. Yeah. So, all right, Yoder, I just wanted to get your opinion. I appreciate it. Thanks for helping us out with this uh, Racer X test, and uh, hopefully we get to use you more, and uh, we'll see you in Supercross 2023, yes? Uh, yeah, I believe so. And this Dang, is I'm getting old. Ty Lube, are we back? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure yet if we're going to be fully transparent with everybody. Um, I haven't got a contract yet. Okay. Um, I don't know what the future holds. Um, but no I'm matter what, ride or not, I'm riding a 125 on Thursday, so <laughs> oh, I've never ridden a 125 before. What? Never. So you went from a 150 Honda to a 250F? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Because that's when he was on Geico, was on 150. Yeah. Yeah, wow. never. I rode my buddy's 125 maybe for about a minute and a half, mm -hmm. and it wasn't even on a track. I went up the street and down the street. <laughs> Decided this wasn't for me. So no matter what, ride or not, we're racing Supercross. You're going to be do it on your own. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to hopefully put some sort of program together. Um if I got a if I got a ride or not, um, I want to do it again. Just give it another shot. Yeah, you deserve it. I think you should. I mean, you had. I've come all this way. I've put a lot of years of my life into it, and uh, I don't know if I could live with myself if I didn't give it another shot. So. Absolutely, man. Well, we're gonna we're gonna train harder than ever and uh, go give it our best crack. Are you doing it by yourself, training wise? You got help or what? Uh, just me as of right now. All right. I'm stepping into the, the training game a little bit. I got a couple kids that I'm training and, uh, I'll just be doing my own program. So that's where we're at as of right now. Is Pops helping you out or is he cracking the whip or has he stepped away a little bit or what? He stepped away a little bit last year, but, uh, he's racing day in the dirt this year. He wants me to train him a little bit. So yeah. Ooh, getting serious. let's get him to the vet nationals. Get him there. I'll get him. 
I'll get him in the gym, and then I'm sure he'll be on the pit board a couple of days with me at the track. Nice. All right, buddy. Well, we'll use you for another round here. We're going to do some more testing, but uh, appreciate your time, and uh, we'll see you around the track. Yeah, thanks, boys. Better. See ya, buddy. See ya.